And so I, I found myself just really trying to find like, where's my place? So I said, you know what we're going to do is we're going to plant a church. We're going to plant a church. That's what, that's what we should do is plant a church. So I get on that journey of church planting and trying to figure out, and uh, I get trained as a church planter and I'm finishing up still my, my, my degree now in South Florida, I'm finishing my, my, my biblical degree here. And then in 2010, the Holy Spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, if you don't tell your wife what you're struggling with, you're going to lose her. Just like that. Wow. And I remember going to the living room crying and sobbing and trying to trying to calm myself down because I'm literally hysterical. I literally heard the Holy Spirit say that to me. And so I'm I'm confused now because I, you know, I just, I was just medicating and now my medication became my addiction. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coach, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the Heath Fluids Podcast. We are laughing today with my friend Benny Salas because we've had some technical difficulties. Uh, those faithful eye eye buds or eye beard, whatever you call them, they they, AirPods. they yeah yeah earpods <laughs> right. They have a tendency, but like I said to Benny, Benny when we were praying, I think his his better half was in the background giving some advice, which we always know that they're a lot smarter than us, and uh, <laughs> they bless us and encourage us, and they make us better, right? Like, so that's what's most important. And so uh, I think it's great, like we, we were talking about, you know, uh, when I was praying with Benny before, just about the impact that w- by of one conversation that you can have with a person. Like, like, I'm wanting to get to know Benny, and no selfishness to any of you listening to this, but I just want to get to know him too. Like, my wife and I always say after we listen to these the next day, like, just the impact that the people that we've had on here, we've had Tim Story and Eric Thomas and Glenn Lundy, all these people have came in, you know, I, I've got some big dreams and aspirations. I plan to have Stephen Furtick and and Tim Tebow and some of these other people that uh, Nick Vukovic and so all of these guys, right? Like, and I see it happening, Benny. And you know, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're walking in the perfect will of God, not in God's permissible will, God begins to close doors and open doors, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and I started to read this book just recently again for the third time called Boundaries by Townsend and Cloud. And it, and it allows you to know when to say yes and when to say no, right? Like, and it's okay that not everybody likes you, right? And uh, it's okay that, you know, um, it, this season is a season where my wife and I have been able, my wife has been going through some challenging times with her father, but the rest of her family is good and the rest of my family is good. So I've been encouraging her to focus on the positive. And uh, I think when we relate to people that like you, uh, you know, there's all these, we met on Clubhouse, Benny and I, and now there's these, there's green room and there's all these other things starting, right? Like, (laughs) it's just funny, right? Like, like what's next, right? Like, and my wife's like, why don't you just focus on, on what's good, right? And I think that once you do that, it's like, you know, you, you want to look at LinkedIn Messenger and you want to look at this. And so I just decided to hire some VAs to learn those trades and techniques 
and kind of take that pressure off of me and then let me do what I'm good at. And that's coaching people to walk in the fullness when it comes to their health. Um, my family's health has never been better. The things that we're doing, uh, we're reversing some sickness and some disease and aging in our family that has been a generational curse in our family for years and decades. Mm. And I believe, and before I introduce a little bit of my guest's story of his, his bio and then have him tell his story, uh, where he came from, so you guys can hear who Benny really is, um, is that I, I, I believe that once you step into becoming that person that God created you to be, if you just look back at sin itself, sin started with the physical. We, we all know that you know God wants us to be healed and whole and holy, but if you think about it, it started with the physical. God in the very in the in the garden said to Adam and Eve. You can have whatever you want. You can have these fruits and these vegetables and everything and showed him how to cultivate all this stuff. He said, but that one tree, that one beautiful apple tree, you can't eat from it. And then that one decision, sin entered into the world, sickness and disease and and, and, and everything, racism, everything, everything entered in from that one act of the physical, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, right? The pride of life saying, hey, right? And so what I like about Benny is, is Benny has decided to be hands and feet in the marketplace. He's decided to let God inspire him to be the light in a dark world. Whether you believe that or not, we live in a very dark world where God is constantly being pushed pushed out, right? Like, um, and and so if you look at Benny, when I looked at his profile on Clubhouse, I think I looked at a couple different things of his, and his one on Clubhouse is very profound when it says, you know, he's a teacher and a speaker. Um, he's he he he's a strategist, right? Um, he's a father, right? He's a husband, right? Um, we were talking about our father-in-laws, you know, and uh, how how they they can come to the rescue, right? Sometimes, and then there's the opposite side where, you know, it's like you want to kill them, right? But <laughs> I got blessed to have a great family. My mom and dad are both remarried, and I have great relationships with both of their spouses. Um, and actually, my wife and I have been able to inspire them to take their health serious in their 70s and 80s, right? And that's hard. People who, usually when you get 65, people start to say, ah, I've worked hard all my life. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'm not going to exercise. On Fridays, I'm going to go eat donuts or whatever that may be, right? But my family has watched us. My wife just finished 75 hard and um, it made a massive impact in our family, right? I did it for 90 days last year. She did it for the whole 75 days this year. And people are watching. And I was watching Benny. Uh, and I said, hey, I got to have Benny on my podcast. And we've tried a couple of times, and, but, but it's all in God's timing, right? Like we, well, I thought we were going to have an issue again this morning. And Benny's like, oh, I'm scrambling around. I got I to gotta do something. And so, guys, welcome, let me welcome my friend, my new friend, uh, a man of God, a man of integrity, my brother, Benny Salas. Benny, the Thank coaching you. guy. Welcome to the Heat Love <laughs> Podcast, my brother. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm excited to be on here. I think there's so many stories that are connected to uh, both my journey as a believer, uh, as a recovering youth pastor, <laughs> as, a, as a minister, and most importantly now as someone who decided to take a step of faith and actually launch a business um, because that that's not easy at all to do. And so I'm excited just to share and allow where God wants to take this conversation because I really do believe um, 
there's a lot of stuff you're going to learn about me in this next <laughs> in this segment that you're probably like, wow, I didn't know that. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's good. That's good. It's um, and I like I like what you said that. And so, Benny, tell me a little bit about like your heritage, like where you came from, like your story. You know, I, I, I was sharing a, a little bit with a friend of mine yesterday. You know, it's amazing how I came from an alcoholics family, but now I moved to be close to my dad and that that impact that I've had. My dad has now come to know the Lord. You know, he's not where he needs to be. Uh, my mom just asked me to baptize her just recently, which I'm super excited about that to be able to baptize. I'm hoping that I'll get to baptize both my mom and my father before they go to be with the Lord. Um, but I think it's important, the impact that we have, because people are watching. Like I was saying to Benny, people are watching. Like my dad, even though I got him off of 17 of 19 medications, Benny, that he was taking with just a, a regimen of nutritional products, he didn't want to eat healthy. And so I said to him, I just said to my wife, like, we just got to continue to lead by example. And then I traveled for about three weeks. And when I came back, my wife just kept going with this 75 hard thing, right? And my dad was watching. I came back and my dad said, you and Lisa have been an inspiration. I decided about three weeks ago to change the way I thought. Uh, your wife was a big inspiration to me. And mm. I thought, man, she's a big inspiration to me too, right? Like, and, yep. and he said, I decided to cut out all of this crap that I was eating. Um, and I decided the doctor and told me that I needed to because I needed to lose some weight, even though I was healthy. He said, and I decided that I did want to be around a little bit longer. And so my mm. dad had lost 15 pounds. And he's like, I'm in a wow. size 42 inch waist. I need to be in a 38 inch waist. But he said, it's better than a 50. <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah, eight, eight inch waist down in your waist is a lot better. Right. Like, and, yes, uh, just his attitude, like his, his, his presence and who he is and just how he's changing that. And I think everybody's watching. So I'm watching and listening, Benny. So tell me about Benny. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, my story starts in Chicago. I was born and raised in the inner city oh, of Chicago. Where my, where my wife is from yeah, Elk Grove well, village, Illinois. I know where I used to work in Elk Grove village. That's so right my, outside. My, my wife's family still lives there to this day. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Drove by there many times to go to work. And so I grew up in the inner city of Chicago, uh, lived there about 26 years. And while I was there, I started, you know, we grew up in a very, um, we grew up in a mixed family, right? So my, we had one side that was our Puerto Rican heritage. Then the other side was our Mexican heritage. And in <laughs> Chicago, it was very interesting, right? Those are the two predominantly strong yeah. Latin, Latin races in Chicago. Yeah. And so, you know, it was interesting because in our home, uh, you know, you could imagine the, the meals, right? Was like Puerto Rican food with like tortillas. It was really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> or my dad would my eat wife's My wife's family is Peruvian, Benny. So, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So you get these, these two worlds that collide. And uh, it's interesting because everyone who looks at me doesn't think I'm Hispanic. They think I'm Middle Eastern. And no, so, I, I think I you're know. Hispanic. I know. I know it right from. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 It, it, yamo. Yamo. Benny, I'm, I'm, yamo. I'm, Benny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so so grew up there uh, while I grew up in the inner city of Chicago. We grew up in a very challenging neighborhood. We weren't we didn't have a lot of uh, material things. I mean, my mom was a young I was a young mom. She had my brother at 16 and me at 17. And so, you know, you can imagine my dad comes from Mexico during that time. He's a little bit older. You know, he's trying to understand English. My mom is trying to communicate to him in Spanish. And so it was very interesting because in my home, uh, I grew up not really speaking Spanish. I had to really, the only time my parents spoke Spanish was when they didn't want me to understand what they were saying. 
And so actually Spanish was kind of <laughs> Spanish was used more like that's like, not fair. Like, that's not fair. It was like a, a Morse code or something like it was like a secret code. Like, so it was like I, that's what my it's funny you brought that up, Benny, because um, my new cleaning, we've always had Mexican cleaning people, right? Spanish yeah. descent cleaning people because they're the best, right? Like they just are yeah. so meticulous and 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 then I can understand a little bit, but I got new ones and they speak Portuguese <laughs> and I'm like, what did you say? Are you guys talking about me? So I bought this little translator thing and now I, I kind of can listen and know what they're saying when they're talking. So yeah, I get, I get it. So yeah, interesting. So, so, you know, grew up in a family, we grew up in the inner city of Chicago, we kind of moved around a lot. And then we found ourselves uh, finally moving outside of Chicago when I was in my about 17, 16 years old. And, but during that time I was involved in things like, you know, sports, I would play little league baseball. Then I got involved in the performing arts and in the performing arts, I became a part of this like professional dance company that actually kept me and my brother and a lot of my friends off the streets. And that was the goal was to really make sure that they were giving us an opportunity to really look at life differently. And so that kind of opened some doors for me in terms of like being comfortable on the stage and, and like, you know, understanding presence and being in front of an audience and not being afraid of that. And that's how I got introduced to that space. Well, while that time, I, I, my grandmother, you know, was a, was a believer and uh, she has gone, she has passed on already to, to be with the Lord. But during that time, I was always kind of growing up in, in like around church and she would be the one, like the matriarch of the family to kind of lead us in our faith journey. Um, so I always grew up as a, as a, as someone who was close to my Christian faith, but it really, I had a, an experience when I was about 15 years old at a camp and I really felt like God really spoke to me. And that's when I would really say for me personally, like my life took a turn. Were you raised in a Catholic faith when you first grew no. up at all? No. no. Okay. Christian, usually, Christian. usually a lot of like my wife's family, Benny, um, all are born again Christians now, but a lot of them were raised in the Catholic faith, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. my wife, my, my, my brother, my brother-in-law was the first to get saved. And then he kind of faded now now all of them are saved and baptized but they kind of came from that you know catholic faith so i just wondered usually a lot of the spanish community come from that mm -hmm. uh, uh yeah. yeah yeah absolutely but my dad my dad was catholic but you know he was the kind of catholic that was like just was like religious it really wasn't like relational with God, with you know his faith just but went was, to church on Easter and, and yeah. Christmas in those days. Yeah, I get it. Just just kind of like do all the right things, but not really live the right way. You know what I mean? But yep. just do the right things. 100%. And so, so yeah, so I had this experience at 15 and then I meet somebody uh, in one of my, in, in the school that I'm at um, and I get invited to go to a church. Um, and then I, at the time I was going to another church, but this one was a little bit closer and it was some people that I had connections with. I go to this church in, in Chicago and I absolutely love this church. I see a lot of young people. I see a lot of vibrancy and I start attending this church uh, at the age of about 17. And I stood at this church for about nine years up until I left. And this really began to be more of like my training ground on leadership, preaching, you know, really kind of envisioning. This is my first youth pastor opportunity. Started off as a youth director, started off, then kind of went to a youth pastor role. And then from there, I was kind of in an associate pastor role with one of the, the churches that got launched. And where was you know, it? Where, I, you, where were you living at now? Where was this at? So I was still living like on the outskirts of the, uh, Chicago, where it was, it was kind of like the suburb area. And um, and so we would we would obviously I was the only one at that time 
that was really involved in church. Like my parents really weren't involved. My brother was kind of off doing his thing. My sisters were too young, but I would take them. Four of me. you? Yeah, there's four of us. Okay. So I have an older brother and two younger sisters. And, and so I was the one that was trying to like keep them encouraged in the faith, coming with me to church, you know, and I, I, I took that responsibility on, you know, <laughs> yep. to sow that seed in their life. And so, you know, that kind of led me to several things. One of them was I started to go to Bible college. So I went to Moody Bible Institute. Love um, it. I love it. Yeah. So I went to Moody Bible. And uh, for me, I really had this sense of like, man, I want to do ministry. I want to I want to do ministry, made some great friends, great relationships. And then at, at this time, um, I'm going to Bible college. I'm working a job. I'm trying to, you know, during that time, you know, I'm, I'm there's relationships and, and, you know, I'm like, do I, do I, do I get married? Do I not, you know, do I, do I retain this? How does this fit? There's church life. And then there's, then, then I'm trying to figure life out as a young 20 year old. At the time um, I, I got an opportunity to preach a lot. I got an opportunity for, you know, because they saw the gift in me, uh, my church. And it was interesting because one of the things that it's crazy now, right. But at the time I didn't know any better. I used to have a long ponytail. Right, had long hair, and <laughs> me too. How funny <laughs> we have so much alike: business in the front and party in the back. Right? Yeah. I, I, I had, a, I had business on the side and party, party on top. <laughs> I love it. So love different, it. right? And so one day, the pastor pulls me into uh, the office, right? And he sees me. He sees my commitment. They've had me, you know, they'll have me do like little offerings and little encouragement. And he goes, Benny, if you want ministry, you got to cut your hair. Just like that. <laughs> what really? Do I do? I'm really, I'm at this point, I'm like, okay, I must have been about 20 years old. About 20 years old, I remember, because I remember the outfit I wore, because I'll never forget that day. <laughs> and um, so I cut my hair because I, I think this is the right thing to do. This is what... The pastor. How old were you the then? Time. How old were you then? About, about twenty years old. Oh wow, you were about 20. twenty. I that's yeah. the same. I was twenty-two when I lost a bet to my coach, and I don't know if you remember this, Benny. How old are you? I'm forty-four. Okay, so you're a little bit younger than me. Um, remember the old scissors that were shaped like an L that they used to uh, used to cut to uh, uh, the tape to put tape your ankle or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Well, my coach, when I lost the bet, he cut my hair went like my hair was down to here and he just went like this across. I remember going to the, to the, the barber at the time. I just went to a local one on campus and he's like, the guy's like, who cut your hair? He said, never, ever let anybody ever cut your hair like that again. It's going to take like three weeks to, to, to get it fixed up. And I was like, Oh, great. Like they told me to, you know, <laughs> yeah. Never bet at, your coach when it's cold. At, at, at that time, the, the bus cut wasn't in probably or something, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm trying to figure this faith journey. I'm trying to figure out my calling in life. I felt very early on as a child that I was called. I felt a really strong calling on my life. And I felt like, okay, what does that look like? So I just throw myself into ministry. I mean, it's all about serving youth, uh, ministering to, to youth, at-risk students, going out of my way. Uh, at the time, I get a job. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Bible college. 
I'm doing part-time ministry bivocational, and then I'm going to all the schools as part of an uh, organization called Care First and talking about a character education. So I start speaking to like thousands of youth over a two, three-year window, Love just it. going every day, every day, going, going, going. We're scheduled in the schools. Like we got like five, six, seven classes. On top of that, I'm ministering in other places. Like I'm like this like young preaching machine. Yeah, Benny could do it. And then I get to this point where I'm like, hmm, I want something more. I want something more. I felt like like I was still being limited, right? Um, while I was doing all those things, I really I wasn't really secure. So I get an opportunity to come down to South Florida. So I have two friends, and this was you're in South Florida now, Benny. Yeah, I live in I live in Fort Lauderdale. Dang, you're not far from me, my brother. Where are you at? Orlando. Boy, you're gonna be you're gonna really like this. I'm actually moving to Port St. Lucie. Dude, you're gonna be even closer to me. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to spend some time together, my brother. I For love sure. It. I love it. Yeah, we're, we're we're building a home up in uh, up that way. Boom! That's what I'm talking about, Benny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exciting. We're so, so, it's interesting. So, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So mm-hmm. tell me more about. I'm I'm excited. Okay. You got me on the edge of my seat. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to figure out what happened next. Like you got so, more of you. You had yeah. stories just right there. Like I'm 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 on the tipping point. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Trust me. Come on. <laughs> so so I get this opportunity to to come to South Florida because two of my friends, one of them, both of them named Eli. One of them used to stay with me and he was courting one of my youth leaders and he ended up marrying her. And the other one was someone who I met who was a speaker at our church and they asked me to go pick him up. And, you know, I went, I went, I gotta go pick this guy up. Well, he ended up being the one, right? And I was going to tell my pastor no that day. I was like, nah, get somebody else to do it. He ended up being the one that actually connected me to the pastor that brought me down here. And this changed my life coming down here to South Florida. And I would have missed my moment if I would have said no. I would have missed my moment. you glad you said yes? I'm glad I said yes, but the road was hard. It was a hard yes. All right. Sometimes yeses are hard. Oh, yeah. This one was a hard one. Right. So I said yes. I come down to South Florida um, and I... I come down to preach, right? I come down to preach because it's like, I want to meet you. I've heard about you. Both of these guys named Eli, because he was looking for a youth pastor. It was a church of about 2000 here in South Florida. And uh, it's a Hispanic church that was looking for an English speaking youth pastor. And uh, both of them said, I know a guy named Benny. Both of them, okay? And so he obviously reaches out to me. I say, you know what? Let me let me see if I, if I should do this or not. I don't know. Let's, what do I have to lose? I'm... 26 year old, I think at the time. Were you single then? I was single, but I was dating. And I was dating somebody, but it was a very rocky on and off relationship. Not really sure about like all the warning signs were there, but it It wasn't it wasn't the courting that you were teaching other people to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, (laughs) actually, thank God, no, that wasn't it. But 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 truthfully, what it was, it was just it was a very awkward relationship because it was almost like do we do we do we do we stay together do we not what what, where's this going it was like a three-year like roller coaster ride with somebody i was like i don't even know so i get the opportunity to to like go out south florida i preach right but before i do that here's what the girl i was dating told me she says i had a dream i said okay she goes i have a i had a dream she says give me a napkin i give her a napkin she starts to draw on this napkin okay an octagon stage and like these four lines, right? And um, she goes, I don't know what this means. 
And I think she had like a prophetic gift to like. Of course she dream. did. Of course yeah, she did. She did. And so, so it was interesting was the first time that I land in South Florida, uh, the pastor, we go out and eat, right? We're talking, getting to know, Hey, what do you, what do you, what do you, you know, the number one thing is how what's your, what do you want is your salary? And he's already like pitching me the offer. And I just landed. I was like, okay, this guy's desperate for a youth pastor. And I said, do me a favor. I said, take me to the church. I want to see the church. He's like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So we go. And as I, as I enter the, the church, I ask him to turn the lights on because I can't see anything. Right. And uh, cause I want to see the stage. He turns the lights on. I see an octagon stage with four, with four mics hanging from the ceiling, just like she drew it. And I was like, Oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, I got to sign leave. me up. Sign <laughs> me up. But you know, I do what most good Christians do. I wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. God could give you a clear sign. And I wait. And I remember I was ministering. on your forehead, Benny. It's on your forehead. Look in the mirror. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And so I get to this point where I'm ministering again. And um, there's a big like, I don't know, it's like a revival kind of breaks out. And this pastor who was a very, he was a Methodist pastor. Okay. And if you know anything about the different denominations, they're, they're very, more, they're not as charismatic as like my, my charismatic and Pentecostal friends are. Right. And so he just like breaks out in like a prophecy and he just starts to speak a word over me. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> You're wrestling with God is telling you, you need to go. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. why, why I is love this those. happening? Right. I love so those. another sign. And, and, and so literally a month and a half later from the time I went down in June, I drove down and by August 16th, I was here in South Florida with a U-Haul and my car hitched to the back saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going for it. Now, during that time, I decide to propose to the girl I was with because I was like, listen, I need to put this on lock. And she said, yes. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. Then this is a done deal. So interestingly enough, um, the very first time I'm introduced to the church, um, right after I had preached, we worked out the deal. I came back. And, and that Friday that it was like a it was like a Friday. They had an event for me. And then I and then I ministered again on Sunday. And then they had me, they introduced me. And, and then my fiance at the time came came through. Long story short, man, we start to, the, the impact on this group um, over that two-year window was was an, was an amazing opportunity. Um, but during that time, I'll be honest with you, man, I was hurting. And I'll tell you why, okay? I'll give you the timeline. I get engaged in the, maybe July. I move in August, September, the relationship just ends abruptly, just out of nowhere. Ghost, I don't hear, I don't see nothing. And I'm like, what happened? And we just break up and it just so, I'm confused, right? I'm confused, one, because I'm out here in South Florida. Two, I don't know what's happening back home, right? So engage July, move August, break up September, October rolls around. And I'm trying to figure this thing out, like what's going on. And, it, and at the time, I um, had a really good pastoral friend of mine who was really close to me, said to me, man, I bet you I'm going to come down and spend time with you. You know, all that's happened is, is it's, it's unfortunate. You know, people that she doesn't deserve you, you know, um, she's no good. Telling you everything you want to hear, right? Right at that time. Telling me everything I want to hear. And so with that, I go and, and so he comes down and he's like, man, can I preach at the church? You know, and. I'm like, sure, we'll get you to preach at the church. 
hey, can I stay with you? Sure, come stay with me. You know, can I bring my son? Because his wife had passed away a year prior. Okay. And so, so, you know, so I said, yeah, let's come, come through, you know, that's, he tells me that in October, November, he comes down for Thanksgiving to spend Thanksgiving with me. Um, so like day two, he said, we, we're eating and he says, uh, and at the time he was dating a, a woman from uh, Boston and you, uh, you'll see where I'm going with the story. I think you kind of catch it already. He was dating a girl in Boston and her name was Jasenia. And I said, oh, hey, you know, how are you? You know, you know she was a nice person. His wife had just passed away and uh, maybe a year prior I was like, man, it's kind of early to be dating. Your wife just passed away. She was only like 28 years old. I think you probably would heal a little bit more, but you know, whatever. So he says, hey, I'm going to marry Jasenia. What do you think about that? I said, well, you know, I mean, I know you guys have been dating for a while. And, uh, you know, I think it's a little early for you. I think you should wait. You know, he goes, well, I know you guys were just engaged. He was talking about the girl I was engaged to named Jasenia, not the one he was dating. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, how, how do you feel about that? Timeline. So, 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 so really, so he literally came to thinking that he was going to be consoling you, but he was coming to drop a bomb in you that the girl you'd been dating had left you for him. Exactly. <laughs> Great friend. Yeah. So he stays in my home. He preaches on Sunday and just ruins the rest of my, my, that, 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 that was like, I think that was the first time I ever experienced betrayal at that level where it, I was more concerned about my friendship with him than I was my relationship with her. And I said, give me time. I said, I said, how could I said, first of all, how could you do this? I said, and here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. You ready? In October, one of my friends who was at Moody Bible at the time tells me, he says, Hey, I, I, I think your pastor friend, I don't want to mention his name, pastor friend is going to marry Jasenia. Did you, is that true? I said, yeah. I mean, she's in Boston. He's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no, don't worry. He just played it off. I didn't pick up the sign that he was talking about the girl I was engaged to, but there were all the warning signs there and it put me in Written a really on your forehead place. again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It put me in a really dark place um, for that whole year. Um, not even that whole year. It, I mean, it even me. goes, Benny, doesn't it even go back? It even goes back to, as you were speaking, I was thinking this, it even goes back to when you knew it wasn't right, like a long time ago, right? Like, and yep. you tried to, you, and, and, and it's funny that you, um, um, that you brought this up because one of the most important things that I, I think that we realize, and I'm writing a note here so that I can remember this, is that um, the most important thing that we have to realize is that, you know, um, sometimes there's these writing things on the wall and we have to really grasp them from God's perspective in the very beginning. Yep. And it's like me, I led this friend into my life that I had a codependent relationship with him and he brought a guy in, another believer. And, and, and look, what I want you to see in Benny's story as he finishes is redemption. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and forgiveness and favor and walking in that and how God churns everything. Just because you love God doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you're yep. going to, you, we all sin, but Benny's, friend's sin is no greater than our sin or your sin or whatever sin we've went through, right? Like yeah. God says that he'll work all things out together for his good and our good, right? 
So in the end, God gives and takes away and takes things out. Just like me, I lost a half a million dollars because it was written on my forehead. And my wife told me, Benny, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, this is a kind of like a codependent relationship. And I love this guy, but are you sure? Are you sure? So finish the story because I wanted, I wanted, yeah. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me just to lead you with that because yeah. it's important that as people are listening to this, they see the redemption and yeah. the forgiveness and how you, how God turned all this around for your good and for his good so yeah yeah so at the time you know again i'm having to show face still minister still be this excited youth pastor while i'm hurting michael the youth ministry starts to grow 100 200 300 students i start to have impact i start to get recognized now i become a national speaker but i'm still hurting i'm still broken and at the time you know this is i did a i did a talk about a few years ago called shame on me. And I talked about the shame that I experienced. I talked about the shame of addiction because I spiraled into sex addiction hard. And I lost so much of who I was because for me, that was the only way I could escape from how, what I was truly feeling on the inside. You know, I'm 11 years in recovery um, from sex addiction. I'm active at Celebrate Congratulations. Recovery. Thank you. Thank you. And for me, I had to do whatever it, it took to get my life back because what ended up happening was that was the beginning of me having a seven year spiral, right? Where not only did I go deep into this very dark place of sadness and oppression and addiction, um, but everything came to a screeching halt, you know? Because here's the truth is that I was so, I had so much resentment against this man for what he did. It took me years to forgive him. And even when (laughs) it's so crazy, even when I called him, I called him and said, I want you to know that God wants me to tell you that I forgive you. His response was was what I expected. He said, wow, man, that's an answered prayer. Thank you. <laughs> Instead of, and that's when I knew. Instead of saying, hey, I'm sorry, right? Or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry I was a jerk, right? No, yeah. no, that didn't, that but, didn't happen. But, he, but he's just thinking from a logical standpoint. He's, he, he's finally convicted. Right. So his his prayer was is that maybe Benny will forgive me. Right. Right. And right. And, and, and even at that time, I mean, several times throughout, he tried calling me and and I said, listen, um, I'll forgive you, but I don't want to be friends with you. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. And uh, because I don't trust you. And, you know, it took me a while to get to that place. Therapy, couples therapy, 12-step recovery, <laughs> sitting down for ministry. Like, I'd love to tell you that there's a pretty, that this was a pretty road. But, man, this was tough, you know. And so, again, I found myself in 2010. And I'll, I'll, I'll forward the, the story so we can bring it to to some closure here, I, I get to this point where in 2010, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what next, you know, I had left that church because the pastor wanted me out because our youth ministry grew too much. And he said, he, he, he started to feel insecure about himself. And so he basically told me that I needed to stop all programs because they were growing too much. And um, okay, yeah, so I said, okay, this isn't the place. And then we ended up going to another place that ended up having, that's a whole other story with, that, with another church that we were a part of. And so I, I found myself just really trying to find like, where's my place? So I said, you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna plant a church. We're gonna plant a church. That's what, that's what we should do is plant a church. So I get on that journey of church planting and trying to figure out, and uh, I get trained as a church planter and I'm finishing up still my, my, my degree. Now I'm in South Florida, finishing my, my, my biblical degree here. Um, and then in two, 2000, 2010, the Holy Spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, if you don't tell your wife, 
what you're struggling with, you're going to lose her just like that. Wow. And I remember going to the living room, crying and sobbing and trying to trying to calm myself down because I'm literally hysterical. I literally heard the Holy Spirit say that to me. And so I'm I'm confused now because, you know, I just I was just medicating. And now my medication became my addiction. And I lost myself, man. I was gone. I hit bottom. And so I set myself down for ministry. I had to confess things to my wife that I was not proud of, boundaries that I crossed, these poor decisions that I made. And now my wife had a choice. Do I stay with him or not? You know, we have that in I common, had, my brother. We have that yeah. in common. When my wife and I were apart for two years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so spiritual warfare is real. Yeah, it is. And so here's during the time in which we were separated and we were trying to figure out what to do. Um, we didn't have any children then. So to be honest with you, we could have easily split, gone our own way and whatever. But we didn't want to repeat the cycle of our parents. You know, my parents got married and divorced and then they got remarried. And sometimes I wonder if that was the right decision for them, <laughs> you know, and, you know, on my wife's side, you know, so we had these, this history in our family. And now mind you, I come from a family full of addictions, drug addiction, alcohol, food, gambling, sex, you name it. Like really, it was just a matter of pick which one, Benny, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's really what it was about. And so I find myself three months into us, like not sure. My wife says that God spoke to her and said, you're going to have a son. Like if you restore our marriage. You're going to have a son. You're going to call him Nehemiah because like God rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. I'll rebuild your marriage. Mm-hmm. And today we have a son named Nehemiah. He's seven years old. And, um, you know, he's a testament of like God rebuilding our marriage, God restoring us, God healing us. Like our my, my champion is a promise that God brought us through, you know, through the, the most darkest of times, through the most challenging seasons, you know. And uh, we also have another have a daughter as well named Noah. And, uh, you know, our kids are just been um, such huge blessings in our lives because they've reminded us like we wouldn't have our son because we were we were on the brink of going our own separate ways, you know. And uh, and so, you know, throughout that time, I'm trying to figure myself out. I don't minister. I stop preaching. I stop speaking for a season. I'm just trying to figure myself out. I'm, I'm dealing with shame and disappointment and discouragement, seeing all my friends plant churches and have great ministry careers. And here I am, you know, working as a case manager at a homeless shelter because, you know, uh, I didn't believe in myself anymore. Mm. And I had to start from the bottom. And, you know, every every step has always been, has always led me to where I'm supposed to be. Every step. I don't know how that God works that out, but it, it did. And so, you know, it was about shortly thereafter, I get a job um, after I make this confession to my wife. And it wasn't an easy one because I had to get in front of a pastor and get honest. I wasn't honest even when she asked me, you know, what went on, what happened. It was really hard for me to talk about it. And it was a really shameful thing. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, and it's not a knock on the church at all, but it's just the truth, my truth. I found more honesty in an AA room or NA room than I could find in a church service. Because <laughs> these people were talking about their struggle and they weren't just like, just talking it like, hey, you don't, you know, no big deal. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just, just do more of this. No, no. They were saying, this is where I'm, this is where I need help. And here's the thing. As a pastor, I couldn't reach out for help. I couldn't. As a minister, I couldn't reach out for help. I was suffering in silence. Of course. Right. Brokenness is, is hard. It's anytime yeah. you're, anytime you're going through that. 
And, and, and what I want to say, Benny, before you finish, and then I want to, I want to at least spend at least 10, 15 minutes talking a little bit about your show on, on, on YouTube and how you help men and people walk through these same types of guilt and shame. And, and I don't think it's coincidence that you have this because my wife and I were just doing a deliverance teaching at our church and her topic was, was shame. Yep. And uh, my topic was anger. <laughs> like, and, and I want people to not be afraid of the church because of yep. even our instances or your instances, because mm-hmm. I think anywhere you go, like Benny just said, he found solace in, in a, in a believer's uh, created por- form of AA where the, their basis is on the word of God. Right. And, the, and those steps processes are how God walks you through those processes. And I think it's important because Benny is still leading people to Christ at this very day and, and his restoration and healing is what's important. And as he finishes, and then I want to ask him one more question before we finish, yeah. um, is just that this is important that we listen in, into the depths of this, even if you have to go back and listen to it again and see his heart and his passion for people and restoration and healing. So I just wanted to, before you finish, I just wanted to thank yeah. you. I just wanted to thank yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. I think, I think where this has all kind of come to more of a, a clear purpose in my life, right? Uh, especially what I do now. So now I, I you know, I, during that time I get trained as a certified professional coach and, you know, I go through the whole deal of coaching, you know, probably over a thousand clients in my work and, and I'm trying to rediscover who Benny is. I feel like I'm at Benny 2.0 now and I have to build, right? Because this whole image that I had of myself, um, I wasn't sure, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't my best version, right? And so I get to this point, like later on in life where, like I mentioned, I get this job, it leads me into coaching. I start doing this more, more often. And now I'm like, okay, how do I really help people? And so a lot of the work that I do today is really a culmination of both life experiences, training, and what I believe I've been through on my journey to, to be, do, and create everything God has intended for me. And so that's how I position myself now. You know, the name that coaching, I was just pretty much, uh, I, I needed something. Benny Salas was taken. <laughs> Somebody took the handle. So I'm like, I need to come up with a different name. Let's go with that coaching guy. But but really, you know, my message to people now is really about empowering them to be, do, and create. And because that was me. That was me. I, I, ha- I always... I was the guy that people would look at very early on and be like, that Benny's got potential, but inside I couldn't believe it for myself. Mm, so good. Believe, you know, and, and that's, and, and if I'm not careful, I will live on other people's gas because people will, they, they love to gas us up. Right. When they see, a of course. Kid, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But inside, if you're not fueled by something greater than yourself, you can never live off someone else's gas. You can't. Oh. And I think and that's what I had to figure out. I had to get to the point of feeling. And I remember my sponsor telling me this and, and, and I got offended when he said this to me, but I accepted it later on. He says, um, you know, here, here, here I was this, you know, I was a young hotshot preacher, youth pastor. And he said to me, now you're going to know the grace of God. Uh. When I walked, when I walked into recovery, I'm like, I know the grace of God. I had no clue what the grace. Yeah. No, you had no clue. Spiritual warfare. People don't understand Mm -hmm. the power. You know, it's funny that you brought this up and then, um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, I feel like I know you even better now. Like, like I had a friend of my podcast back in the beginning, Benny, you have to go back and listen to it because I think you'll relate to it. His name's Cody Jefferson. So if you scroll and you look at the back in the very beginning of the HeFluence podcast, listen to my interview with a guy named Cody Jefferson. He was a pastor, um, young pastor in his twenties. And, um, the church was his, was his life. Okay. And one day 
he came home and he and his wife said to him, you have this all out of balance. Um, I'm taking your kids and I'm leaving. She said, you're married to the church, not to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the church, it's your life is the church, Jesus, and then us. Okay. Should be Jesus, my family, and then the church. Right. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and then he recovered. Then he went into coaching, created a seven-figure coaching business. Now he leads, still leads people to Christ, but he found where he was supposed to be, right? Like my pastor all the time, he knows I'm called in the marketplace. He has me teach courses. He's having me teach this Sunday, uh, uh, next Sunday at church. I'm teaching uh, on Psalms 121. Uh, I'm actually looking at it right here now as we speak. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super excited. And, and, and I also get to give the invitation. Right. I get to let people know. And, and, you know, we we've started to have in Florida, we're a little bit more open. And so a lot of people, as you know, Benny, a lot of people are coming back to church and getting back involved. And I think it's important that, you know, you know, the, the we're, we're we need a shepherd. We need a church. We need the church. Even Absolutely. even when we get offended or hurt or broken from the church. You know, um, Benny, when I and my wife were apart, the pastor came to me and he took me. He just he just um, he just opened up his Bible and he said, he, he said, um, you go, Lisa stays. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's the word. Like, I got to go. Right. And 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 that whole time frame. And I remember it like this when when he when when I when he brought me back to the church, my wife was actually in Chicago that weekend and we had reconciled. And and I remember spiritual warfare very, very well. And, and I, I've shared this on several of my podcasts. You know, my friend said to me, he said, you know, you're not lying to anybody. Right. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm lying to everybody. Right. Like I have all these hidden secrets and lies. And, and he's like, no, that's called spiritual warfare. He said, you're believing the lies that the devil is telling you is the truth. He said, but the real truth that you have that lives inside of you is there to set you free. He's just letting you walk through this by yourself. He's still there, but you're doing it. It's your flesh. It's your eyes. It's your pride that's doing this. And he's, and then when I came back home and uh, I, I was still sinning, I was trying to work on my marriage and still, still in this warfare. Right. And then when everything was behind me and free and, and set, I remember I went to the church and I walked into the church and we were in a small church at the time, Benny, probably 20 people. Right. And, um, and I was used to being in the big church. And I'll be honest with you at this time, when I went through this, I can't say if I would have been in 5,000 person church that I would have did this, but I literally, wa- I, I weeped from the beginning of service all the way through. And at the end, I, I, the, the, the word, the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. And I, and it says that you confess your sins before man. Right. And he'll, he'll confess them before the father. I walked to the front of the church and I confessed to all of the probably 25 or 30 people in the church, what I had been doing for the previous two years. And in an instant, I felt freedom. And, and that this is how the service ended. Everybody in the church got up and walked to the front of the church and hugged me and held me and began to pray. And it lasted for almost 30 minutes after that. And I think freedom and healing and, and, and deliverance comes when you're in the right place at the right time. And that, you know, there's a song um, by Cochran, you know, it's, it's called, I want to go to church. And it's in a church. The church itself um, is 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 a place for the broken. It's mm-hmm. a place for the hurting, right, and the wanting. And so, Benny, tell me a little bit about this YouTube and IGT uh, that has over eleven thousand views now of people, and probably more than that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it. Yeah. So that was a, that was a talk that I did. So I mentioned the shame on me talk, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I, I get up about, about two years ago, three years ago, I get up and I start to, and I develop this talk called Shame on Me. And it's the first time I ever go public with my story. Yeah. And I feel like there's something more that 
uh, I'm like right now I'm, I'm, my next thing is I'm writing a book and this book is going to be called when confidence speaks and it's coming from a place of how to discover your confidence. Right. Uh, really. And, and it's really dealing with fear, shame and all these other areas that affect our confidence. Right. It's not just about public speaking, but it's really about speaking from a place where we can live our lives open before people around us and being confident of that, knowing, because again, I think there's, there's so many people, Michael, that they feel like they're paralyzed right now, spiritually paralyzed because of failure, shame, disappointment, you know, obstacles, circumstances. But what happens when your confidence speaks for you? What happens when you step into that place, when you're able to address the shame, address the fears, address the failures? Uh, man, I have more failures than I can even count. Like, I'd love to tell you I'm a great success. I'm a six, I'm a, I've been more successful at failing than winning. <laughs> and so, you I think know, we all go through that. I think, we, I think we all go through that, right? I think, I think, G, I, I think that that's why we need Jesus. That's why we're created. We were created for community and, and, and people to lift us up and people mm -hmm. to tell us what we need to hear and not what we want to hear. Right. Yeah. So in, in sharing that talk, it, I got, it got about 11,000 views on, on Instagram. It's got about, um, it doesn't have that many views on YouTube, but it's a, uh, it's a talk where I felt like that was a moment when I gave that talk prior to that. And I got to share this with you. Um, when I sat down from ministry and I sat down from really doing what I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, what do I do? I'm not preparing to serve. Like it took me months to open the Bible again. Cause every time I opened it, I felt ashamed. I felt like, wow, I used to open the Bible. But then again, it also reminded me almost like you let God down, right? Like I let God down, but most importantly, that I needed to reconnect my relationship with with the word, that it just wasn't about me out there performing or preaching. It was much more than that, right? So one day I'm in a service, a church service, and uh, it's an event, it's called Creative Collective, and all these creatives, artists are there, musicians, whatever. I love that. And they start to they start to do this like breakout sessions, like everyone go here, go there. And I'm real, and I'm sitting in the audience. And I'm like, okay, I'm not a musician. I'm not a <laughs> singer. I'm not a graphic artist. I'm. I don't do um, drawing, photography, you know, videography. And I'm like, where, 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 are the, where is the space for the people that speak? I said, and I'm literally there and I said, God, what is my creative gift? I said, why am I even here? And he said, well, how did I, how did I create? I said, you spoke. He said, go do it. And the way God showed me how he brought me back into that place of speaking again was because I was connected to my creator, mm. that my gift, my creative gift was exactly how he had intended it to be. Wow. And that's what that. Yeah, man. He, well, he says it, right? He says your says, gifts will make room for you. Right. Yeah. Right. But if, yeah, if you look, if you go back to Genesis, it says he spoke, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke the light into darkness. Right. And, and it even says, you know, when it's funny you brought that up because, you know, um, he says and and and, you know, when there was no darkness, it was the sun, right? It was the sun that created the light and turned the light into darkness, right? The, the, the sun was always there. It was the sun that, not the sun that we see now that's not shining here in Florida today, right? It's the yeah. sun himself, right? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was that, it was that moment. That was the, that was the pivotal moment where I felt like my confidence was restored. Like I felt like that's when my confidence now began to speak for me. And so that has been the mission that I've been on helping people to discover how to speak more with confidence, how to reach their, their the audience that they were meant to reach, and then to build something that they can actually serve people with. And that's what I that's what I focus in on. I can't tell you, Michael, how many times God has brought believers my way, believers 
who have been called by God, but are struggling and don't know how to tell their story and don't know how to reach, like how to take it out there and, and build that confidence. And, and I'm just like, listen, I understand. I've been there. Wow. Here's how I can help you. That's so good, Benny. I'm so glad that you shared all. Yeah. I'm so glad that you shared all that because I think it's important that, uh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, brother. I was taking notes. I took like three pages of notes down here on my, on my pad (laughs) down here. I was taking notes and, you know, cause, cause I want to, there's, there's certain things, you know, like just seeing like your, your relationship with your grandmother and how I had a great relationship with my grandmother and then how, you know, a lot of times we put our faith and trust in man and man always fails us. Right. But when we put our faith and trust in God, he never fails us. Right. He says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And, and I think, you know, um, the difference between religion and faith is big because, um, and I'll finish with this and then I want to let people know how they can connect with you and build a relationship with you and get yeah. to know you better. And I, I think this is important. And I've said this before, and I think that I need to repeat it. I think, it, I think Benny, sometimes when you tell something to somebody over and over and they get it, and then it impacts a nation, impacts a city, uh, a church, a nation globally, right? Um, is that it's, it's, it's something that needs to be said. And, and, and my friend, Michael Koulianis has a ministry here in, in, uh, in our own Orlando. It's called the Jesus image. People come from all around the world to go to his ministry school. He actually, uh, Benny Hen was his father-in-law and Benny and him, he got this massive amount of land here in Orlando. Now he started a church outside of it. So he has a, uh, a morning and an evening service on Sundays and a Wednesday service. And then people from all around the ministry school. And, and he has a huge event here in Orlando um, every year called the Jesus Conference, where thousands of people come. He had 6,000 people at the last one right before COVID. And, um, and, and, and he said it like this, Benny. He said, the greatest miracle was never created by religion. It was never created. He said, I go and speak at conferences all around the world. He, he, he spoke at U, he's used, uh, the one out in California where all the people came from all around in the stadium out in Rose Bowl. And he, he said, I speak in India and China and all these different places. And I watch miracles happen. People get their eyesight back and, you know, but women drag their husband for days and their husbands get up and, and pick up their mat and walk. You know, there's a series right now. And, and, and I've say this on my podcast because I want people to watch it. There's a series called The Chosen that's out right now. And it's in its, it's, in its second season. It's, a, it's an app. You can go to thechosen.com. Uh, my friend Daryl Eves, who is the, the, the number one uh, YouTube uh, teacher and educator in the world, uh, filmed this movie, this series. They're in the second season. Uh, there's another episode that just came out yesterday. I watched the first uh, series on like twice and got massive revelation for it. But but the 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 key piece is is even like when the man at the well, uh, when Jesus healed him and he got up and took his mat and walked. Right, and he'd been trying for years to get himself in the pool just to get saved. Right. This is what's the most important thing. Michael helped, Michael Kulianis held his fingers up and he said, here's the greatest miracle. Now, imagine if you're listening to this, Benny. Everybody's looking around and wondering, like, what's he going to say? Because he's holding his fingers up. He said, it happens just like that with a snap of your fingers. He says, you can't explain it. It's not religion. It's an experience, right? Because that very same spirit that raised God from the dead takes residence inside your body. He'll never force himself to come into your life because if he did, it wouldn't be love. You ask him, he comes in, boom. He left the 99 to save Benny. He left the 99 to save Mike, right? That's what's most important. He said, that's the greatest miracle of all because you get to experience it. It's like I told you about in the beginning, 
with the young guy that t- pulled over on the side of the road, listened to my podcast and I led him to Christ. He said, he said, I, I believe in God, but I want to know and experience God. Right. And in an instant he said, Oh my God, this is what I've been missing. I've knew God from a mindset, but now I, now his spirit lives inside of me. And this kid just took off running to God, Benny. Like he started teaching a Bible study. He read book after book and he dived into the thing and he committed himself to celibacy. That's, those are the greatest miracles. Redemption of Benny's story is the greatest miracle is that now he can reach thousands and thousands of people in the marketplace and still be doing it to the glory of God. And I think that's what's most important. So give us a a thought to take us away and then tell us how people can connect with you and and get to know you better. I I, I have your website up in in the background. I I, I love that. I love that, you know, uh, I I think your website is just great. Thatcoachingguy.com. I love it. Good picture of your smiling face on there and all the people that you've touched and reached. So send us away with the word and send us away with how people can connect with you. Yeah. You know, the word that comes to me, uh, it's in Jeremiah 17, six, right? Um, I think it's 17, six. I know it's Jeremiah 17. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. That verse changed things for me because I just didn't need to trust God. I needed to put my confidence in God. And here's the difference, right? I can trust you to hold my wallet, but I may not have confidence that you can invest my money. <laughs> you can hold my wallet. <laughs> but I don't know if you could, right? When I started to realize that it just wasn't like, hey, yeah, I trust that God can do it, right? I know God can do it, but am I confident in him? My confidence is where I take everything about what I believe and want to trust in and say, now I know I have nothing to worry about. I can fully rest on him. And when I realized that I could put my confidence in him, it changed everything. It changed the way I show up. It changes the way I believe for my clients. You know, the one thing I told the Lord uh, this year that was going to be different is that I was actually going to pray for the people he wants me to work with. That I, Because I, again, when you start off your, your business, your coaching business, yeah, I'll take, yeah, I can help you. Yeah. And now I'm just like, no, 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 no. I know exactly who God is aligning and they have to be people who are called. They have to be people with purpose. They don't have to necessarily be a Christian, but people who have purpose, people who can experience. And I get this all the time. People will say to me, listen, can I ask you a question, Benny? I'm like, sure. Are you a Christian? (laughs) I'm like, yes, I am. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But because I said what I was going to do was I was going to let my light shine. What I was going to do was I was going to be the example and just do it. It didn't matter what I talked about. It didn't matter how much, if I had a Bible college degree, it's irrelevant. What matters is, can you see it in me? Can you feel it? Can you experience it? Um, If you go, if you go to my website, it's very interesting. If you scroll down on my website, um, there's a little testimony of a lady named Mary. Yeah. And Mary, uh, well, you get an opportunity to listen to that testimony. Mary Kay Uh, Holmes. Yeah. She's, she's very active on Clubhouse as well. Yeah. I've seen her on there. Yeah. She's got an amazing story. Actually, Marco's Marco Robinson, I believe is doing a movie on her story. Wow. She was, yeah, she was, um, she was trafficked as a teenager. Right. She went into she was uh, jailed. She was um, I believe she even went down a very dark road of like uh, that whole industry. She's saved. She's a minister and she's a lawyer and a doctor. Just amazing. Oh, you're going to make me go look, go, go listen to it. Yeah. And and what she what she did is when she asked me to coach her, I felt honored. I felt honored. I was like, wow. Yeah. 
here, here you're asking me to coach, like, and even when I had an opportunity to coach Lamar Odom, had an opportunity to coach him. Andy man, you know, yeah. Andy man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though, right? Like yeah. Lamar Odom used to eat like, like a pound of candy a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like he showed yeah. pictures of, I remember one day he showed a picture on Instagram, like in his back of his Land Rover was like, he had, a, he had this, I remember like it was yesterday, he had those brown seats, Land Rover, you know, and, uh-huh. and he was probably playing for the heat at the time, probably, right? Or something, whatever, right? And he had all this candy. And then all of a sudden they called him the candy man, right? Like, yeah, wow, that's so funny. So tell me about Lamar. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just interesting, like just being able to have those moments. Like I literally shared my story of recovery with him and literally got an opportunity to coach him and his dad to have this really, really important conversation about his childhood. Praise God. And and it just I don't know what what lies ahead for me. All I know is I'm going to continue showing up, believing, um, stepping into what I believe God's called me to do, allowing my story to, to impact people's lives. And, you know, you know, the, there's so many amazing things that are happening. You know, again, people can find me at that coaching guy on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, what is the new one? Green Room, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you can find me uh, if you go to my link in bio on Instagram. I have all my links there. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a great because I'm always been a person with a lot of vision. I'm always a person that has big dreams, big goals. And so right now, the projects that I'm working on is I'm building out what I call the Speak More Academy. And Speak More is from that moment that I was sitting in that seat and God said, go out and speak. Do more of that. Love that. So sp- speak More is brother. And then I'm also building out a coaching certification program to help other people become certified coaches. I see that. Speak More Academy coming soon, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much. You're a great man. Benny, you and I are going to connect more and be involved sure. in each other's life more. Um, I feel like God put us together for a reason. Um, and however I can serve him. people, let me just finish with this as Benny goes, is that, um, that I say this on every time we finish one of these podcasts. Um, I believe that eventually people will start to listen to these more and more and more and more, and that more and more lives will be changed. And I just, I, I say this all the time. It's super important that you love God first, put your faith and trust in God, not in the universe. Sorry for those of you that believe in all the universe stuff. Um, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a confrontational person. It's okay. There's gotta be people <laughs> like me in the world, right? Benny, there's gotta be there's always gotta be, you know, uh, the universe. I say this all the time, the universe and people say, well, Michael, aren't you afraid you're going to offend somebody? No, I'm going to reach the right people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the universe can't get my grandmother said this from a bit. And think about this, Penny. This was back in the in the 80s when no one was talking about the universe. Right. My grandmother was so wise. She said this because your grandmother was wise, too. She said the universe can never give you anything that God's in control of. The universe can never. God, who's in control of the universe? Yeah. God, right? Himself. So if I put my faith and trust in him, then I get from the universe what I'm supposed to get because he controls that, right? Yeah. And so love God, love people, live with passion, purpose, and vision. Passion, Mm -hmm. purpose, and vision. Because the Bible says people perish for a lack of knowledge. I believe they perish for a lack of vision and purpose. Yeah. And so when you live and walk those out. So guys, thanks for listening. I pray that you'll share this podcast and you'll listen more. And uh, until the next session, this is Michael David Huey and I'm signing out. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heatfluence Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.